Welcome, this is Jessica Ortner and our time together is dedicated to feeling good within all of life's complexities. We'll be going on a wandering path, exploring topics like spirituality, productivity, and personal fulfillment. Because happiness is not a destination, it's an adventure. So welcome to Adventures in Happiness. Hello and welcome to episode 18. It has been a while. I have had a really great holiday break. I went back to Connecticut with Lucas and we spent uh, a lot of time with family and I played a lot of Mario Kart. We got Mario Kart on the new Wii and I, at one day, like one Saturday, we spent seven hours playing Mario Kart. So there you go. I don't know how it happened, but between us, the adults and the kids, seven hours of Mario Kart was played in the Ortner house. Anyway, that's not that interesting, but today's topic uh, is all about quitting. So it's just me today. I don't have a guest, but I have been thinking about this a lot, this idea of we spend so much time talking about the importance of sticking with things and persevering. And I don't think that we're spending enough attention on the art of quitting, of ending, of not doing things that aren't making you happy. And so as this new year starts, we think about resolutions. And I think it's just as important not only to think about what we want, but to also say, what am I ready to let go of? What am I ready to quit? Because that makes space, that makes room for what we really want. Now, I I have to mention, I have said in the past that I would share more info about my engagement, my recent engagement. And I was just talking to my friend Sam, who is Ryan Holiday's wife. She's like so amazing. Uh, and I was telling her that I've been procrastinating on recording a podcast because I promised I'd share about this engagement and then somehow speaking into a microphone to people who I hope I meet you guys someday. I don't know if I will. It's like weird, right? So you share something personal and now you're like, okay, how much do I share? How much don't I share? I'm just being completely honest with my internal um, struggle with this, but uh, I will share. I will share some stuff. I mean, I think one of the reasons that I was hesitant is because I look back on this podcast and, you know, I said it in in podcast nine and show number nine, I shared how I have had how I was sick. I had that health problem and the show was titled When Everything Seems to Go Wrong. And that was a big at that point, I'd made like a huge turning point and I was ready to share it, hoping that it would serve some of you. In the first podcast with Nick, you know, that podcast I mentioned later on, we started this show because I was in a place where I just needed to have an adventure in happiness. I needed to take some time to do things differently, to try something new because I I wasn't happy, I was struggling, and I wasn't sure why. And again, I talk more about that in, in episode nine. But what's so interesting is that in one of the beginning episodes, my brother calls, this was not planned, and I was about to murder him, but he puts me on the spot and he says, let's find you a boyfriend, let's use this podcast, and you, if you listen to it, you can tell that I'm shocked and very uncomfortable, and we talk about it a little bit. And what's crazy was on that day, I had a date with my now fiance, and 
everything has moved so quickly. So I was telling Sam, I was like, people are going to think I'm I'm insane because they hear one episode where my brother is calling me out on being single and another episode where I'm engaged and especially if they're skipping episodes. And she said, yeah, they, they probably will think you're insane. But like everyone who goes on an adventure is a little bit crazy. And I thought that was a good point and also a reminder that I shouldn't care so much. So I'm working on that. And I hope you're working on that as well, not caring so much. And it, that does tie back to today's topic, which is the power of quitting. So before that, let me start by taking a moment to dive in and share a little bit about uh, the the engagement. So we're going to get married in a year. We still have a year to go. Uh, I'm not quite sure where and I'm not quite sure when, but I'm just, I'm looking around and I'm enjoying being engaged. Literally the day that you get engaged, everybody says where, like when's the wedding as if you've been planning it um, for a very long time and, and we haven't. So the way things happened is it's kind of funny because Lucas is from Argentina. And as many of you know, I was born in Argentina and we moved to the United States when I was a baby and Alex was about four and Nick was turning eight. And in Argentina, it's obviously a different culture. So there are some things that are different. And one of one thing that is very different is that they don't have proposals in the sense of in Argentina, when you are thinking about getting married, you talk about it, you know, you talk about it with your partner. And the big thing, the big thing is when you announce it to the family and that's the big celebration, that's the big moment. But it really is just a, a conversation that you have beforehand. It's not a surprise. There's no diamond ring. Uh, and I, I kind of like that. I, I think that's really great in its own way. And so after living with Lucas for just a few months, it became clear that was the direction that we were going. And it's like my family knew. We I brought Lucas to meet my family in Connecticut. And I introduced him, obviously, to Nick and to Alex and my parents. And at one point, uh, it was a, a Sunday, and Nick was like, oh, I, I don't know if I can make it to the barbecue. And I said to him, we're only here for a weekend, and you, ha- you have to spend time with Lucas. Like, don't cancel. And he just texted back, I have the next 60-something years to get to know him. And I was like, hey, hey, we're not engaged yet. But it's like they they knew they were on it. They loved it. And that was so wonderful and, and incredibly comforting when your own family sees you with someone and they all just get this knowing. And uh, that was that was amazing. And so we began to talk about it. You know, it was over dinner about getting married and then. I thought to myself, yeah, that's cool. Like, I don't need, you know, internally, I was thinking, like, inside my head, I was like, I don't need a fancy ring or I don't need a proposal. It's cool. Like, I don't mind. We can just talk about it. And that topic came up and I said that. I said, you know what? I don't need that. It's totally fine. We don't have to make a big fuss. Whenever we're ready to tell people that we want to plan a wedding, we'll tell them. The next morning, I wake up. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like, you know, you say something because you think it's what you want. It's like you want to be, I just wanted to be cool and practical. And then as time passed, and I say time, it was like one night. I just thought, man, you know, I I actually would like that moment because there is something so beautiful and symbolic of a man just going down on one knee and saying, you know, I want to be with you. Will you marry me? And so I brought it up to Lucas and I said, you know how I said I didn't care? Well, 
actually, I really would like a proposal. And he goes, like in the movies, <laughs> which I thought was adorable. And I was like, yes, kind of like in the American movies that you see, except I don't have to go to like a baseball game and have it written up in lights. You know, I just I said I want something just simple and just a special moment and nobody else needs to be there. But I, I would love that moment. And then he said, oh, so you want to you want a diamond? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, actually, I, I would like an engagement ring. And he really lucked out because um, I have any I had an engagement ring when my mother did. And the story behind it is is pretty sweet. So my the, this engagement ring is my grandmother's. So it's over 80 years old. And my when my grandmother passed away, my mom had it. And as a little girl, I would beg her to take it out of this drawer that she had in her bedroom. She had it in this secret drawer um, in this special box. I remember the box perfectly. And she would let me put it on and I could wear it for an hour around the house before I had to return it. And when I was about 17 or 18, I asked my mom again, oh, mom, will you take out that ring? Can I put it on and wear it? And when she took it out and I put it on, I realized that the band was broken, which is really unusual because it's it's a platinum ring. So and it wasn't worn, um, you know, in re- like besides my grandmother, it wasn't worn by anyone else besides me for a short time in the house. And my mom said, oh, OK, well, I have to go. I, I'm going to go get this fixed. And I said to her, being again, 17, 18, I said, Mom, do me a favor. Don't fix it. I I feel like this is meant to be my engagement ring and I feel like it it broke for a reason because it's supposed to come together even stronger. Uh, and my mom said, yeah, but you know, in 10, 20 years from now when you're ready to get married, this is an old ring. You're not going to want it. You're going to want something new. And I said, no, no, just please don't fix it. And she didn't. And so when the time came, uh, Lucas reached out to my mother without me knowing and um, he was able to put the ring back together stronger than ever. And he surprised me and he proposed on the beach um, in front of the restaurant where we had our first date. And I cried a lot. I like did the ugly cry. There's a lot of pictures and I'm very happy that the pictures are from like far away because I think I was crying the whole time. And something extraordinary about that experience is that only one of my friends knew that he was proposing and she was there and she was, you know, she had her iPhone out and she was taking pictures and the sun was going down behind us and it's their beautiful pictures with a silhouette. Well, I have these other beautiful pictures because there was a stranger who was walking her dog on the beach and she saw Lucas propose and she stopped and just started to take all of these pictures. And we were actually standing up on a jetty. So it's like those, you know, the rocks that go into the ocean. So we were on that jetty as she's taking pictures from the beach. So when I walked off the the jetty, she came up to me and said, congratulations. And she asked for my phone number and she sent me the most amazing pictures. And I shared one of them on Facebook. I'll put it in the notes. When it happened, everybody was like, did you have a photographer? How did you get all of those angles? And it really was one friend and one incredibly kind stranger. So, So that's a little bit of the story. And we're just, life is great. It's great. I'm so happy. And 
it just feels so right and it feels so easy. And it made me realize that things in life, when they're right, they tend to be easy. You know, I've had relationships in the past where I felt like it was always a fight and always a struggle. And I've just come to realize that when when something is right, there's ease. It doesn't mean it's always easy, but there is an internal ease in the process of, of making that relationship work. And so that's just been really a beautiful thing for me to discover myself. And so today's topic, this idea of quitting, when I reflect back on different moments that I've made accomplishments or I've gotten what I've wanted, I think when we're looking at somebody's story on how they made something happen, we're not going far back enough. And so we hear about the moment that they started a project and how they stuck with it and they pursued and they accomplished it. But most often than not, when you rewind a little bit more, you begin to see that there was actually something that they quit beforehand. You know, most businesses, the business that's successful, that wasn't the initial plan that the creator had. Oftentimes they had another business that evolved into something else and they had to let go of their vision to adapt to the market or to create a a different strategy because we're realizing that the idea that we first had isn't as effective when we start to take action. And so what tends to happen though is because we have so much focus on our culture around sticking with things, what we do is we, instead of being flexible and quitting and changing, we think that our value comes with sticking with things. And I was speaking to uh, another really close friend about this recently where she's so good at sticking with things that it also impacts her relationships. So she'll stay in a relationship that isn't right, that isn't uplifting, because she feels that if she quits, then there is some shame around that. And so we have to change our relationship with quitting. You know, when people say, oh, you're a quitter, that's looked at as a bad thing. But there is something so powerful when it comes to someone saying, you know what, this isn't working, this isn't making me happy, I quit. Quitting should be celebrated. And the more that we quit things, we become more graceful at it. And we don't even look at it as quitting, but letting go of what's not serving us. And so what I invite you to think about in this upcoming year is not only what do you want to achieve, but what are you ready to let go of? What is something in your life that you've been fighting to make work and it's not working? Is it time to take a step away in order to try something new? Can you change your mind without shaming yourself? One of the big things I said in episode nine when I talked about the risk of starting a new relationship quickly and you know the risk all of us face is that we have to have a relationship with ourselves where we say to ourselves, even if this doesn't work out, I have your back. Even if this doesn't work out, I'm gonna be a friend to you because we often abandon ourselves when we really need our own love and comfort. You know, it's like when you're sick, think about the way that you treat yourself when you're sick. When you are sick, that is the moment that you need love and nurturing. And that's often the thing that we we deny ourselves. We say, oh God, I'm so mad at myself. I can't believe I'm sick again. And we get mad at ourselves for struggling instead of saying, 
okay, I honor the fact that you're struggling. I'm here for you, body. I'm here for myself. I'm going to be my own best friend. And so when it comes to this relationship with quitting, we have to do two things. One, we have to be there for ourselves, saying that even if something doesn't work out the way that we planned, we don't need to shame ourselves. Because oftentimes, you know, we look back years later at something that didn't work out and we think, ah, thank goodness. Thank goodness that relationship didn't work out. Thank goodness that that business partnership didn't work out because it would have not been for my greater good. Now, the challenge is we we only have that perspective oftentimes years later. But if we can accept that that's part of life and we can have a sense of trust that we're leaving things behind, we're quitting things because it's far for our greater good and let go of the shame, we begin to make space for what we really want. And so even with the new year, quitting can be quitting something in particular. You know, I was recording some tapping meditations and my the sound engineer was telling me how he had said yes to someone about being in a play it was a community play and he said i really don't want to do it it's 45 minutes from my house i have three kids but i already told her yes and so i'm just gonna have to deal with it now i honor him and i honor him for for thinking to himself okay i want to honor my word right he said he'd do it but see, the play hadn't started, and more often than not, when we're able to communicate to others why something isn't working for us, they understand. But if he sticks, and I don't know what ended up happening because I haven't seen him since, so I don't know if he did the play or not, but I can guarantee you that if he did the play, he would have so much resentment that the experience of the play wouldn't be fun and he wouldn't be very fun to be around. And oftentimes we don't quit because we are scared of disappointing someone else. And one of the biggest lessons that I think we all have to learn and and something that I don't know if we ever totally get, I think we have to remind ourselves of this, but the, the fact that we're not responsible for anyone else's happiness but our own. That's my mantra sometimes. I'm not responsible for anyone's happiness except my own. I can't control someone else's reaction. And the more peace we can find with that statement, the more liberated we feel. Because the truth is, even if we were responsible for anyone's happiness, or even if we thought we were, the truth is we're not. And so it's just a battle that you're creating for yourself. Because at the end of the day, you can't control someone's feelings the same way that someone has, uh, someone else has no control over how you feel. And so when we look at quitting, we have to look at two things. We have to look at number one, how we treat ourselves when we decide to quit something. Are we shaming ourselves? Are we being mean to ourselves? And the second thing is we need to address our relationship with other people and how we react to other people's emotions and other people's disappointments. Because sometimes quitting means disappointing someone else. But the alternative of that is to not quit and to be resentful. And that creates this heavy, dark cloud over the whole situation that doesn't end with anything happy. And so I want you to spend some time just this week thinking about those two things. And, you know, I know with Adventures in Happiness, I don't talk about tapping that often because I'm talking so much about tapping at the tapping solution. But for those who love tapping as much as I do, this is a great thing to tap on. So really tapping on the karate chop point and saying, even though I'm 
scared to quit or even though I'm scared to try something new, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. And tapping on the rest of the points as you talk about the fear that you have. So you get to the point where you're able to have the conversation with yourself without feeling so uptight. When our whole body relaxes, we're able to get our that inner wisdom. We're able to hear our intuition. A few years ago, I was doing an interview for the Tapping World Summit and I interviewed Carol Tuttle, who is one of my favorite authors. And the interview was about how to use tapping to make a decision. It was an awesome interview. And after the recording had finished, Carol and I were talking and I told her that I was thinking about moving out of New York. Now, you if you listen to episode nine, you might remember that I was not happy in New York, but I, I didn't really know why. And I trusted my intuition to come move to California. And people thought that I was crazy because I was leaving my family and my friends and a life that I had built. And also, I was leaving a great apartment. And I know that might sound silly, but if you've ever lived in New York, you know that if you got a good apartment, you don't want to let go of it because you don't know if you're going to get something that good again. It's a very hard market when it comes to real estate. It's just, it's brutal. I don't wish it upon anyone. And I said to her, I'm scared to quit, basically, New York because I do have a great apartment. So, you know, what happens when you feel like something's not right, but it still is logically seems like a good thing? Well, she said to me, Jess, you are thinking so limited. You're thinking this is the best apartment that I could get. If I leave this, I'll lose it. What if you think about the possibility of something even better, something that blows the apartment out of the water? You need to make decisions not from a place of fear and lack but a place of endless possibilities. And what ended up happening was I found an apartment in California, which was nice. But then, giving myself some space, I was able to move into a really beautiful house with an ocean view. And I think about the apartment in New York, and sure, it was nice, but it was nothing compared to what I'm living now. But where I am now would not have been a possibility if I wasn't willing to quit something that didn't feel right even though logically it seemed like a good thing. So sometimes when it comes to quitting, it's very obvious. And other times we have to trust that intuitive voice and and say to ourselves, you know, this is good, but I'm looking for fabulous in my life. And we often have to quit the good to get the fabulous. And the only person who can answer whether it's time to quit or not is you, is to spend some time and say, Does this choice that I'm making, does it feel good in my gut? Not in my head, because in my head, my head was saying, don't leave this great apartment, don't quit this, because this is a good thing. But my gut, my whole body was saying, you know what, this isn't it. And the challenge too is we have to take that leap. And oftentimes we don't know, you know, we have to think from a place of endless possibilities, but sometimes we take that first leap. We have to quit something without a guarantee. And the people who've had the most amazing things happen in life, I rarely hear any great success story or I rarely interview someone on this show and they explain that they made a decision and the outcome was guaranteed. It just doesn't happen. So can you find comfort within that uncomfortable moment? Can you find comfort within the uncertainty? 
knowing that if you quit because your gut says this isn't right, know that if you just give yourself enough time, you're going to find something better on the other side. And sometimes it takes some time, but when you get there, man, it's always worth it. So I want to leave you with that. It's just something to contemplate, something to sit with, something to journal about. In this next year, what can I quit? The bad stuff that I can quit, but also, is there something that's good, but it just doesn't feel fabulous? Do I have to quit something to get something even better? It's something to think about. Well, I hope that you have enjoyed this short show. Please let me know of of any aha moments. You can reach out to me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash following Jessica Ortner. And also subscribe so you get updates on your phone when there is a new podcast. And if you like this, I always appreciate it when you share it. This is an act of love. So if you guys like it, I'll keep doing it. So again, I hope you enjoyed this show. I am sending you all so much love and wishing you a fabulous, fabulous start of 2016.